0: As the war on talent wages on, companies across the world are attempting to find ways to entice the best talent in the market and improve their candidate experience. But how do you do this? My name is Serena Hathatua, and in today's episode of the HR Grapevine podcast, I speak to Norman Janjua, Senior Global Talent Acquisition Manager at Booking.com. In this episode, we explore how a global brand like Booking.com aligns its talent acquisition strategy with the rest of the business, why the candidate experience begins before anyone has even applied, and how his fear of speaking growing up influenced his approach to recruitment. So it was a really interesting conversation with the Norman, and I hope you enjoy it. So I think my first question for you, just kind of in a broad sense, is what kind of challenges are you seeing at the moment in the talent acquisition space at Booking.com?
1: It's a good question. I mean, when I reflect at the um, TA space right now, you know, as, as us being a, a function in, in general across all companies, it's been a weird, I would say, 17, 18 months, because last Last year, around the summertime, and even I would say last January, so 2022, um, it was mayhem in the the tech hiring world. I mean, we were competing with Google, Netflix, Meta, you know, really heavily funded VC startups that that were competing with us for talent and even, even paying, you know, ridiculous amounts of money across the board. So we we were we were competing in that kind of landscape and and if you fast forward you know 19 months uh, into into where we are right now summer 23 I guess Booking is one of the only ones that actually still hiring at at scale within within you know the the big big tech hiring um, hiring market so the market has changed considerably you know where we were fighting for talent. Last year, we can now be much more focused in, in, you know, where we hire, where we find talent, you know, focus more on the quality of hire than the the quantity of hire. We're seeing less people leave the organization, which is obviously also a symptom of the market because less people are hiring. So not as many people are prone to leaving booking, Uh, but also because we hired at a massive scale last year. So most people in the company haven't even been there long enough to actually want to leave the company. Right. Um, So. I think the the result of a a softer hiring market, coupled with the fact that we hired at scale last year, less people leaving, ultimately results in us also having you know lower hiring numbers within within booking. You no, know, we're I need to reiterate we're still hiring and we're still hiring you know good numbers, but no we didn't hit the numbers we were hiring uh, last year, right? So. I think at booking our our main challenge right now is to you know how how do we cope with the, the low and high numbers and how do we kind of keep our teams busy? You know, it's to simply put it like um, like that. Mm-hmm. Um and for the wider talent acquisition market, I think it's it's kind of it feels a bit like the um, the initial months of the of the pandemic when you know, the market was laying off uh, all of their TA recruiters and people were scrambling and looking for work. I think some of the LinkedIn posts that, that I see from, you know, fellow colleagues and across the market are, are to some extent heartbreaking um, because whenever there's a market downturn, um, even even small, you know, TA is always the, the first one affected, um, mm-hmm. which I think is, is a bad, bad um, uh, way that the market works in, in general. So, those movements are kind of, you know, keeping me also busy. I'm looking at what's happening in the market and and how can we engage with those market movements. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned that, you know, the slowdown of acquisition, say, from, from last year or a time when, you know, you were competing against some of those big tech names. Has that slowdown happened because of you know the economic situation, or is it more to do with that the war on talent and just it being very competitive to be able to obtain the talent in the first place, or is it kind of a mix of both of those things?
1: I think it's definitely a mix, a mix of both things. Um, but I think the bottom where it all comes down to, in general, with 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 some of the the companies that that had to go into a hiring fees, it's just poor planning. Um, they they all they all came into a pandemic-inflated growth, right? I mean, a lot of certain core businesses really profit from the pandemic, you know, be it home delivery services, you know, be it social media, be it services, services. Um, home delivery really spiked for the, for those two years of the pandemic. And once they got out of the pandemic, I think not enough of them realized that this this growth will, won't be sustainable. You know, people actually go out there and... and, and see the world again and travel again. And that's where we actually benefited from, right? You know, booking is having its is best year ever last year. And, and um, this year is looking um, great as well. So people are going out again and people are, are actually seeing the world again. Um, and that poor planning of not accepting the fact that that pandemic growth won't sustain post-pandemic, um, I think that actually happened. And so th- those inflate in the um, hiring flow of, at least the first six months of last year um, was just crazy. And again, hindsight, if some of them will look back at, you know, at what skill they were hiring and against what forecast, I think they might kind of, you know, scratch the back, back of their head again and, and really think about, you know, was that, you know, just for planning or or um, was there was there more happening, you know, behind the, the scenes. Um, and same for these, you know, VC-backed startups. I mean, it's, it's been a, the market for about 20 years has been, if you're a startup, you can lose as money as you want to for 20 years. As long as you show growth, you can get money from the market and and fund your business with, right? Um, I mean, those days are over, right? And that's what we're seeing right now, especially in the startup scene here in in Holland, is it's no more as easy as I'll get some money from the market and, and we'll keep funding our growth. Um, you need to be you know making money from the first few years already, otherwise it's gonna be a tough market for you to to get some money from um so those different factors you know the economic the pandemic, and you know so much has happened over these last four years, even with the pandemic inflated that it's you know you can't really fault people for making some some poor decisions in there right um so so that market dynamic itself has been uh, has been quite um, remarkable, i would say
0: mhm, and just. Kind of on the point of that that war on talent and that competitiveness to be able to obtain talent in the first place. What are the, some of the challenges that you might have experienced within that, and what are some of the things that you've done to attract talent in the first place, but then also make that candidate experience meaningful enough that you know a candidate continues to want to join or you know what what about that experience has been yeah
1: attractive? i think kind of experience is um is a word that's that's quite often used and i think quite often misunderstood as well right it's it's it, it's in in most discussions it seems to be it seems to be focused only on you know when someone applies what happens then right and and how we how we kind of use that journey from the application to the onboarding as experience for me the kind of experience already starts before even someone applies and that goes to this bigger question of how do you market yourself you know your employer branding is it's hugely important and that's where at booking.com you know um we have a great talent marketing team and they really focus on that, you know, experience of of traveling, and and really putting travel at the core and center of what Booking does. Um, and that's been our challenge, right? How do you put Booking back into the market after the pandemic, really, you know, really hit us hard? So I I didn't join Booking until you know we were I think almost three quarters um, into the the pandemic, but before that, you know, and I still have some colleagues from from that time. Uh, you know, just imagine, you know, you're you you're a high flyer booking. Uh, platform and everything is going your way, and suddenly it just stops. The world goes on lockdown. No one is traveling anymore, and that's the story basically. People hear in the news, right? There's nobody's booking anymore, and Booking is losing uh, huge amounts of money. Mm-hmm. How, how do you how do you put you know Booking front and center again as a as an employee that um, is an employer that you want to work for, and even when I was approached for this position, and I was even thinking, you know, is this is the right move to make. Do you really want to go and work, you know, for a company that's been disaffected by the the pandemic? Um, but the, I, I made a personal decision. But we, we've really, you know, our talent marketing team, I think what they've done great is Really focus on what we do, and what we do is we help people see the world, and that's front and center in our, you know, campaign, our ads, and how do we make your life easier to to go and book the the platforms, right? And I think doing that, putting that front and center, you know, with you know with content, with with video, um, and also working closely with you know us as a, as a TA team, you know, our sourcing team, and really combining those different landscapes of experiences to come to this holistic story that we want to tell. That has really helped. And it's even come more to the fore right now that other companies are slowing down their hiring. You know, we are really kind of, you know, the employer people not really want to work for. It's kind of a a safe haven right now, right? Because we are doing we're well and others aren't um, from their perspective. But the warrant telling last year was, was a different topic altogether, right? It was all about compensation. It was all about, you know, who is, you know, who's giving out more conversation, who's giving out more more stock, who's giving out better, better packages. And I do think in that war and talent last year, the, the story of who you are as an employer got got a bit faded away because you were just talking about the package and 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 the candidates' shopping offers. Um, so I do think this this kind of market slowdown has helped us to bring our employer brand even more to the forefront, right? Because um it's it's been a, a really good year for travel and and we are benefiting from that as a uh, as employer i do think as a as a TA team we have been quite focused on and always been more focused as a company on getting in the right talent instead of focusing on only getting people who you know really need more conversation or really need more more benefits right and i do think as a company we have made tremendous strides in that approach i'm not sure if you, if you read it but in october for example um Booking implemented a host of global benefits for all employees, which, for example, included um, 22 weeks of paid parental leave um, for all parents, you know, regardless of location, tenure, seniority, or or local regulations, which meant for me personally, I could go on on a five-month pad leave from from November to um, enjoy it with my parents. So we're really putting those benefits, you know, front and center as well. Um, just to make sure it's not only about, you know, how much money you're making, but about the holistic experience of working for Booking. You know, it's it's about the company, the colleagues, our mindset of we want to make travel easier for uh, for the travelers, you know, we're working in a product organization. And we're really getting that out there. You know, and we do kind of big campaigns around, around those topics as well. And that's how we try and kind of try to win the war on talent. I think we're doing a great job at that. Mm-hmm
0: yeah it's um it is really interesting to hear you speak about that shift during the pandemic, especially a company like booking dot com where obviously you know you were impacted really heavily over the pandemic, and that was around the time that you started as well. but then, yeah, but then to hear that, obviously you knew there would be a time when you could really succeed again and expand again once everything had opened up it's it's quite interesting to hear about that quite dramatic shift in yeah. in you know the success of the business but um one thing i would really be interested to hear about is what is your recruitment strategy at this moment in time when when there is a quote unquote the war on talent but how do you also integrate that strategy with a company as big as booking.com and how do you balance or how do you integrate those things?
1: I think we try to be, um, right now, we're trying to be more smarter in the way that we hire. Um, whereas last year, we just cast a wide net, you know, across the world because we relocate from every single location. Uh, we're now being more focused and targeted in in the in the locations that we hire in. This does not mean that we still don't relocate. We still hire across the world, but we do look more at, you know, local talent. You know, the the markets we necessarily haven't, Penetrated uh, in terms of the job market um, last year, because we were just in, in this war on talents and mayhem, uh, we are trying to be more targeted and focused where we're finding our, our talent. Um, looking, you know, in, in Holland, but also in the EU wider, you know, where is talent, where we can find them and, and how we can get them in, into booking. So that's just one. So I would say it's it's more targeted and and, and local hiring where, where uh, we need to do so for certain positions. Um, secondly is trying to also be more focused and targeted in, and when it comes to hiring for diversity. Uh, you know, this goes across uh, all, all um, facets of, of diversity, right? Getting people in from the, the universities towards increasing our, our amount of you know, female hiring. to so really making sure that our you know, hiring process is inclusive and um, uh, diverse um, as well. Um, i think third is is really focusing also on um, our internal recruitment processes so last year was all about building the organization and hiring people um, and right now we really focus on making sure our, you know our, our systems work aligned we get the right conversion data out of our systems we get the right amount of um funnel data out of our systems to make sure we can we can really target you know um uh, things like you know time to hire time to fill um, how how much time is someone spending in a particular part of the funnel it's all crucial information which we necessarily didn't have, have last year but we're trying to kind of make sure that uh, and we have a great talent um, uh, data team that is focusing on on these on these core um, core topics and I think into your question how do you integrate that across organization I think it all comes down to ta business partnership right and this has been a heavy focus on um, these last two years, kind of rebuilding post-pandemic, is how do you ensure that the TA goes away from being just a, a, a kind of transactional um, uh, part of the company to really a business partner? And this is really how it was much for most of the market, and, and definitely in booking, I will say, pre-pandemic, it was really a transactional kind of a relationship. You know, we, we, we had to fill in a host of vacancies and... We deliver talent, and that's basically where that kind of relationship would would stop. Whereas now we are really kind of ingrained in every fiber of the business. So, you know, we we sit in the the meetings with, you know, in in my, in my BU that, that I I manage. You know, we we kind of directly communicate with the VPs of, of their particular tracks, right? We, we communicate directly with the senior managers. You know, we have open and honest conversations about a, a shared accountability. Um, and that's been really core, though. And that's always been my kind of focus as well throughout my tenure uh, career in, in TA is really fostering that um, culture of shared accountability, that the business... The stakeholders know that the success of any recruitment um, team, or, or you know, reaching our year-end headcount, is as much their accountability as it's ours. You know, we don't have the same roles and responsibilities, but we do have the same accountability to make sure that if we want to deliver, we need this from you, and what do you need from us to help you deliver, right? And that's been really our core focus, and this goes through. I would say basic stuff like how do you speed up our hiring process? You know, how do you get more people involved in our hiring process uh, to actually assess the people? Um, how do we, you know, increase our our diversity hiring? You know, how do we, um, how do we really foster that importance of employees also being involved in our recruitment efforts? You know, getting out the right information to the right people. So that's been really our focus, and I think we've done really well on that. I think across the board, you know, with my peers as well, we have really made um, our recruitment efforts, you know, front and center of um, uh, of the business and and their view of us as well, right? And we have been more professional in getting out the right data, and they have been really uh, great at um, giving us the support that we that we need to to make this work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting insight. Thanks, Norman just on the subject of diversity and inclusion it's an incredibly important aspect of of talent acquisition and recruitment what are some of the ways in which you have attempted to attract people from more more diverse backgrounds because i know that this is something that a lot of ta and you know what people within hr find very challenging is is you know the various aspects of not just you know, even down to to job descriptions and using yeah. a certain language. You know, it goes down to the real finite things. So, so what are ways in which you have have cast a net that's that's
1: wide enough? So, at the company wide level, we have a, a culture of inclusion, right? We also have an inclusion and diversity team uh, that is leading all of our inclusion and and, and diversity efforts. Um, and, and really fostering that that sense of inclusion across the org right so we have our, our pride month that we celebrate widely we um, are affiliated with events that that um, uh, promote diversity so last month we were at the women in tech conference where we we we're the headline sponsor so we were there with you know all of our super um, uh, super team to kind of really uh, get that message out from the center so that's at the at the let's say level of, of putting them on themselves right we really kind of get out there and get that brand out as being an inclusive brand, and we welcome everybody within the office, and and even down to the way that our new building is constructed in in Amsterdam, you know that all breeds inclusion and uh, and diversity. I think in terms of actual um, hands on, how do you do that as a as a as a TA team? Mm-hmm. Um, the first is is getting at the the right data to our business stakeholders, right? So this is the the health of and makeup of your org, and this is what you know diversity could you know mean in terms of improving that that health of your um, organization. Um, secondly, it's really um, diversifying your pipelines, and this really means um, working together with our sourcing team to really look, you know, how do we diversify the pipeline? And for me. I think it's crucial to kind of note here that diversity inclusion is not as, as simple or, or or standard as just saying we need to increase our, you know, X percentage of female hiring, right? It's just one part of it. But how do you diversify the pipeline in general? So getting people in there that, you know, might not have been working for the last two years for a you know, particular reason. So if you just see the CV, you might just want to say no. But actually, it might be a really good candidate, but they just haven't been working for a year or two years because of personal issues or of private issues. So how do you make sure that those CVs get you know, front and center in front of the stakeholders and we actually do get to talk with these candidates? It's actually going to the universities and making sure we, we set up a program where uh, people that just come out, out, of, um, out of uni also get a job with us and can really learn the craft within the first two years, which we have done for um, uh, last year, and it's been a great success. And really, also being more targeted in, as I said, in, in our sourcing efforts. You know, where do we find the, the diverse talent? How do we, um, we need to go beyond some of the traditional sources to to find that uh, that talent, right? Um, and really making sure that um, across that candidate journey and the the um, uh, interview process for our stakeholders, we continue to foster the importance of diversity and inclusion. I don't think you need to be in a position where we need to kind of enforce it. You need to hire this candidate because of X and Y, but fostering that sense of, of inclusion, that given that the right information should help, you know, our stakeholders to make the uh, the right decision. And we can really ensure that we diversify our pipelines from top of funnel.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. And and to to hear about, the fact that you're you know even just going into universities I think those those little things or I mean the, those big things really are what makes that diversity inclusion recruitment sustainable as well over a long period of time or not not just a moment so that's really um, that's really great to hear And then I think we have time just for one more question and I know uh, the talk that you did at breakfast, touched a little bit on your experience, having a stutter and, you know, having a fear of speaking growing up. And so I'm really interested to know if you, or how do you think this has informed your approach to recruitment, if at all, you know, having
1: gone through that experience? Um, Yeah, great question. I think it's, um, I think stuttering makes you humble and it's made me in general just much more humble um, and open and 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 really foster this um, sense in me of of having that safe space, of having those those open and honest conversations about different topics. And this goes from you know, my work life to my private life as well, right? so how 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 do we get to a culture as a as a team or even in my private life where where we're just kind to each other and and humble and open to different ideas and opinions. And that really informs back into my team as well, right, where I I try to foster a sense of where the team really wants to work with me, where we do this together and not me just sitting on top and saying, we need to do this and this is my directive, right? Um, And think that, that stuttering experience has that's really uh, been a big part of, of that approach because it's incredibly humbling to, as a, as I said in the um, breakfast talk, to be somewhere and just not get you know get your point across. Right, you you want to say something but you're just stuck because your lips and your body and um, uh, it just aren't working together for you to talk you know fluently. Um, I think. Not many people realize how humbling that you know experience is. and and when you're in that position as as we'll say a team manager or or a team leader where wherever you are where where you're in in charge of a team, it's important to realize that you know that people might not be always free to to say what they want to say because they are intimidated by the fact that you're a manager or something else is going on. I, I think it's just just made me also, in that sense more human. I've never had this feeling of I need to. You know, dictate stuff to my team, right? I just just want to be a, a a manager or you know whatever you want to call it that works together with the team and and really tries to foster a sense of um, of cooperation. So yeah, that's been really the uh, the kind of thread. I would say it, it's it's kind of funny as well because last year when you know. In the war on talent, my my team was losing some recruiters to other companies as well. So when we lost some of them and we had a high hiring demand, I actually helped the team with you know doing some hands on positions and and helping them to recruit for them. So I was really back you know on the phone with the candidates, um, which was great by the way. You know it's, it's I would recommend every manager to once in a while do this because it it gives you so much insight into what your team is doing and 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 how you can help them. Uh, you know. Um, uh, uh, improve things in the process that you weren't seeing necessarily because you were not doing hands recruiting. Uh, and there was this is one candidate who was a a program manager. Um, and I remember him starting to to speak and him being really trying to you know be uh, be fluent. But I could immediately you know I'm a stutterer, so I know I can sense when someone else is stuttering. Right. So I just I mm-hmm. just asked him right out of the bed like, Are you a stutterer? And he's like, Yes, I am. I'm like, I'm as well. And I just remember, we just talked for an hour about, you know, his experience as well with, with stuttering and, you know, it turned out to be a great candidate. We actually hired the candidate in the company, right? So um, it's it's that experience that really helps to be open to uh, to um, uh, their perspective because being a stutter didn't make him a um, a bad program manager or a bad candidate. It was just, you know, he just needs a little bit more time to get the words out in a more fluent manner and th- and this also harps back to diversity right diversity is also not only about a set solely female hiring or underrepresented groups also about you know hiring people who at the first phase value of a cv or the way they talk might not be the best candidate but if you try to dig deeper as a talent team you might actually see them being a great candidate so that's what i tell my team as well you know look look sometimes beyond the cv be a little bit more open to all different options when we're speaking to to particular candidates because it can open a whole new world for you as well.
0: That's yeah, that's a that's a really amazing story and a really nice way to to finish the conversation. And I think that applies to to you know so many things. Even if like someone's not particularly confident with like public speaking and having to do a presentation, it's right. it's really having that patience and that time to to realize that you know that doesn't mean that then are bad at their job or you know not good at what you know presenting necessarily it could just be that that moment um and definitely looking beyond the CV is is something that is quite challenging I think for a lot of recruiters obviously but always something to to keep in mind so thank you very much Juan.